0: You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Some of you have been fasting, I've heard, and some of you haven't been fasting, I've heard. (laughs) You would expect that, wouldn't you? I don't want you to feel that way. This is I was thinking about it. My goal of today's talk is to make sure everyone feels included in the fast. RCC meal replacement plan. This isn't stupid, I promise. The name might sound like it's stupid, but I promise you that we're doing this because we feel like God's called us into this. God is leading our church. God is maturing us. God is growing us. This is what we feel like God is doing. If this is your church home, we want you to participate because we want you to experience the fullness and the life and the blessing of what God has for you. And some of you might be thinking, I'm just too, you know, a meal a day, that's just not enough for me. Like, I fast all the time. I'm an awesome Christian. I'm a bad man of jammer when it comes to Jesus. Well, I'll just tell you, you have pride issues, and you need to fast. If for no other reason, you need to fast for that purpose. But go for two meals if you want. Or eat three meals and don't have snacks. Or cut out other things. The goal is that you're not is that you're having more time with God, like Phil was talking about. You're spending more time, like Alex was talking about, experiencing God. Alex didn't even know we were doing a fast, and he's fasting. That's the power of God. That's what God's doing right now. So this is the picture I have when I started thinking about it. For for those of you who have been disobedient to the Lord and not fasted, (laughs) this is the picture I had, is that you walk into a room. Have you ever come to a buffet late? Like a feast, you've come to it late? You're not waiting on anything, are you? You're like, oh, it's on like Donkey Kong. I'm gonna. I'm getting tying the feedback on. I'm going for it. The picture I had is those of us for whatever reason we forgot to fast. We think we're too spiritual. Uh, we don't think it's gonna work. I don't want to be disciplined. I don't know what it is. I don't know what your reasons are. Probably just that you forgot. That's what, the reason I forget. I, I didn't do it. But anyway, what? I did it. I'm just I'm saying. Sometimes I forget. Is is you walk into a room and there are picnic tables that are just filled with food, lots of food. And River City Church, we're there eating, feasting, loving it. We're being filled up with lobster and steak and organic vegetables for some of you and (laughs) the other stuff that is healthy or good to eat or whatever. But we're being filled up, filled up, filled up. And this Sunday we're saying, oh man, come and join us. This has been amazing. This feast we've been having with Jesus this week is amazing amazing. Don't miss another meal with him. Don't miss another opportunity. Come and sit down with us, join with us, and experience the bounty, the blessing, the beauty, the power that God has for you in life. That's what this Sunday is about. Week two of River City Church meal replacement plan of the fast as a reminder and opportunity for you to come to the table, participate in what God's doing, experience all that he has for you. Because we believe this at River City Church, You are what you eat. I know that's a deep spiritual truth, but that is a reality that we truly believe that you are what you eat. What you consume, what you take in, what is inside of you will produce in you something that identifies where you're getting fed from, will reflect in your nature a behavior and an attitude that is consistent with what you're internalizing. And what we believe, and the reason we're fasting is we believe if we can just get you to try it, we can get you to press into Jesus a little bit, then you'll want more, like Alex was talking about. He woke me up at 3.30. The first time I was like, why am I up at 3.30? I went back to bed. The next time I tried a little. I might might as well pray and read the word. I did it again. And then my hunger for Jesus increased. My desire for him increased. That's what we're hoping is you'll try this for one meal a day. Spend the time. And participate and experience more of Jesus. Go to Jesus more. I mean, think about this. It's the law of nature. When you see a lamb, you don't think like, man, look at that lamb. He's, he's acting so meek. He's acting so mild. You don't think like, man, he's really worked hard at that. He, is, he must be really practicing on his meekness. It's in his cuddliness, in his gentleness. You don't think that, do you? No, you're like, look at that lamb. He's meek, he's mild, he's gentle, he's cuddly. Because that's what lambs are. That's how lambs act. That's their nature. And the same way, when you see a wolf run up and bite the lamb, you're not like, dang it, that wolf acting so out of character. Shame on you, wolf. No, why? Because a wolf is wired to eat lamb. And so whenever a wolf bites into a lamb, he doesn't have like, he doesn't get shamed. He doesn't feel guilt. He doesn't worry about it because he's been wired for it. It's a natural outflow of the nature of a wolf to bite a lamb, right? Now, if the lamb attacked the wolf, you'd be like, yo, we're either in heaven and they're playing, which is gonna happen one day, But you would be like, how'd they train the wolf to let the lamb eat him? I've never seen a lamb eating a wolf before. That's crazy. But that's exactly what we do when we choose to not spend time with Jesus, partaking of him as the bread of life, feeding on him as the bread of life, and then we try to act like him. That's exactly what we're doing. Let me listen to me. Whenever you try to act like Jesus, be nice, loving, patient, kind, joyful, humble. When you try to act like Jesus and you're not spending time with him, it's as crazy as a wolf eating a lamb, or as a lamb eating a wolf. It's not in your nature. You won't be able to do it. You're faking it. You're learning a behavior that is inconsistent with what you're feeding on and you will fail. And when you fail, you will feel guilty. You'll feel ashamed. You'll feel like I suck at being a wolf because you're a lamb. You're a lamb. A child of God. And as children of God, we are wired and designed to be going to God for life, to be going to God, to be filled, to be nourished. And here's the amazing thing about God's plan. He's wired us that way. He's made it so that we'll come to him. He's created in us a longing for life to the full. He wants us to go to him. It says it's his will for us to go to him in Philippians. And then as we go to him, he will work in us a new thing. And we will start to act like Jesus, not because we have to try to, but because it's the natural outflowing of what we're eating And what we're participating in and what we're filling our body with, what we're filling our heart with. Does that make sense? How jacked up is it that we're not going to Jesus to be filled with the bread of life, to be filled with life, yet we're trying to act alive in our own power? There's a word for that. It's called religion. Pharisees did it. Didn't end up well for them. This fasting opportunity is an opportunity, a challenge for you to go to Jesus, to be filled with life so that you will naturally reflect the nature of Jesus. You won't have to try to be nice. You won't have to try to be kind. You won't have to try to be patient. You won't, try, you won't have to try to be loving. You will come in close to your enemies and you will feel love for them, not because you're trying to feel love for them, but because you're acting like someone who has participated in, in Eternalizing Jesus Christ. How much more fun and easy is that than doing it on your own accord? Yet that is exactly what we try to do. You know, if we're serious about Jacksonville, knowing the love of Jesus Christ, it won't be because we're singing about it in this building. It's amazing that we're singing about it in this building It reorients us to our mission as we sing about it in this building. It glorifies God when we sing about it in this building. It's transforming our heart when we sing about it in this building. But for the person who's not in the building, it means nothing. It does nothing for them until we take what's happened in our heart and we live differently outside of the building, right? And we know that, don't we? And unfortunately, many of us because we've been Christians a long time and we're spiritual and we, we think we're awesome at this and we are, many of us, you know, I've been, I'm a professional. I'm a professional Christian. I know that I'm supposed to be doing these things when I leave and when I bump into people at the gas station, I know what I'm supposed to be behaving like. I know what I'm supposed to be doing and so I just do it but there's no power in it. There's no true love in it and the, quant- the consequence is that nothing changes in the other person and eventually, I stop doing it because I'm not being filled with the life and the love and the power that's promised to those who follow Jesus. In John 15, and next week I'm gonna be preaching on, on this, Jesus says this, he says, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And what that means is this. Apart from Jesus, you can't do anything. In the Greek, it says, apart from Jesus, you will do goose egg. You will do zero. You might look like you're doing good, but there will be no power in it. You might act like you're doing good, like you're connected to Jesus, but there won't be any results. Unless you're connected to me, says the vine, you will not bear any fruit, he says to the branch. Again, that's next week. But those are the words of Jesus, which would you think would motivate us to spend more time with him, being connected to him, leeching off of the vine so that we just naturally bear fruit. Again, a fruit bearing vine, a fruit bearing branch doesn't wake up in the morning and be like, I got to bear some fruit today. Uh, Yeah, there's the fruit. Isn't that kind of how we live? As people who aren't connected to Jesus, spending time with Jesus, we're like, gotta bear some fruit today. Gotta go out and save the world. Gotta go out and be nice. There's that coworker, son of a, I can't stand him. I'm gonna go be nice to him though. Gotta bear some fruit because that's what Christians do. And you wonder why they never like you and they don't come to church with you. It's because you're in eh, to bear some fruit and they can tell. It's like you're Jesus juking them. They can tell that. They know that. They can tell, I'm telling you. Whereas if we woke up in the morning and we said, today, I don't have to bear any fruit. I just gotta be with Jesus. I can spend time, I, all I'm gonna do is spend time with Jesus. And let me just give you a quick example of what that might look like before I get into the, the... For me, it just looks, this week, it's looked like when I wake up, I turn my alarm off and I just sit in God's presence. I close my eyes. I invite the Spirit to come and say, today, Jesus, I want to be connected to you. And I just wait on his presence. And I just ask him to come. Because I don't need a Bible to experience his presence because the Spirit lives in me. I don't need to worship to experience his presence because the Spirit's living in me. We are in relationship. Those things help. And there, I do those things at other times during the day. But when I wake up, I just lay there. And I try not to go back to sleep. So I set like three alarms, two minutes apart. <makes noise> And I just sit in his presence, and that's my time in the morning. And I'm learning this new truth that I don't have to do anything to experience relationship with Jesus except for being with Jesus. And then when I go to bed, last night I was doing this, I was like, oh, I'm going to read this book, I'm going to read this book. And the Holy Spirit just said, no, 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 no. Just lay down, Antley, and be with me. Just be with me. Ask me to come. Ask me to come and fill you. Ask me to come and experience a relationship with you. Let me speak to you. Let me comfort you. And I just laid there going to bed. That's all I'm doing And at and, and those parts of my, of my day. It's not rocket science. To be connected to the vine, we just need to go to the vine, be with the vine, and allow them to fill us and to feed us. You know, Jesus, in the Gospel of John, is trying to teach these three groups of people this important lesson He's just fed them. He's just fed 5,000 people, right? And he's walked on water, demonstrated a physical miracle, supernatural miracle. I mean, he's doing craziness, right? He walks on the water, and he's with these three groups, the Pharisees, uh, the 12 disciples, and, and then the larger group of people that are following him that are seeking to be his disciple, and they're coming to him and they're asking, are you the Messiah? They're wanting to know, are you the one? And they're asking him for signs and wonders. And, and, and this dialogue, he kind of tells them, you're here. You're here because I filled your belly with food yesterday. And you walked around the lake and you're hungry and you're wanting me to feed you again. You're wanting to see another sign. The Pharisees have their motivation, but every one of them have different motivations, and Jesus' response to them when they ask him, well, what is this, you know, what's your message? What's your deal? What, what, why are you here? What are you doing? He says, he says this. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's John 6, 35. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Simple, isn't it? There are people surrounding him who were hungry, there are people surrounding him who are thirsty. They're wanting to know what do we do to experience life to the full? And Jesus says, come to me, come to me, and you won't hunger again. Come to me, and you won't thirst anymore. I mean, think about that in your life. What are you hungry for? If you're single, you're hungry to be married. If you're in school, you're a student in school, you might be hungry to get good grades. You might be hungry to be popular. You might be hungry, hungry to not be lonely anymore you're an adult, it's in financial situation, you don't have a job, you're hungry to not worry about having a job. You're, hung, you're, you're, you're hungry to, to not, or, or you're thirsty to not, to not have anxiety about your financial situation. If you're in debt or if you don't have, are those things, right? We all feel these different hungers and different desires that are burdening us, that are weighing down on us. And the message that Jesus has for us this morning, the reason that we're in this fast is he says this, come to me and you will not be hungry anymore. Come to me and you will not be thirsty anymore. I can't tell you how that works, but all I can tell you is that it works. So meeting with an employee this week, someone that works for the church, who loves the church, is an amazing worker in the church and they are brokenhearted. They're struggling in aspects of, in their job. And, and I was like, this is literally what I said. Work less, pray more, pray more. And their response was, do you not think I'm spending time with Jesus? I said, I don't think you're spending enough time with Jesus. And that's the litmus test for us all. If you have worry, if you have anxiety, if you have stress, if you have burden, if you have things in your life that are inconsistent with what the life of a child of God looks like, then you're not spending enough time with the vine. You're not participating and partaking and receiving enough of what Jesus has for you. That's the litmus test. Are you being filled up? Are you still hungry for the world? Are you thirsty? Has your thirst been quenched? Are you still thirsting for the things and have the anxieties of the world? Either this is true and Jesus can take those things away, heal us of those things, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, or we're wasting our time. Right? I mean, if Jesus is the bread of life, and, he, and, and you just look at the language in this passage and it's insane what he's trying to communicate. He's not saying of any life. He's saying of the life, like this life that is spiritual and is filled with amazing blessings, this life that you can't compare anything else to. If you come and participate, if you come, if you come and eat this bread that I have for you, if you come to me, you will not be hungry anymore. You will no longer hunger and thirst for the things that your heart desires. It'll be gone. And not only that is it will triumph over death. It will be gone for eternity. So what you're experiencing now is just a taste of what we have been promised in the future. And Jesus is asking us, inviting us into this opportunity of experiencing him. And just before this, in verse 27, it says this. It says, do not work, just, you know, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life which the son of man will give you. For on him, God, the father has set his seal. Jesus is showing us here. If you want to experience these things, guess what? It's going to take an effort. It's going to take some work. It's very simple, but it's not easy. Right? It's kind of like jumping off a cliff. Jumping off a cliff, simple, but not easy. Oh my gosh, I'm jumping off a freaking cliff. What's going to happen? I'm going to die. I'm not going to jump off. No, I'm telling you these things. I'm calling you to the edge of the cliff. I'm saying, this is simple. This is a simple message. Spend more time with Jesus. Are you frustrated with your life? You're angry at your wife. You don't get along with your children. You don't have a job and you're whatever. I could go, the list goes on and on and on and on, doesn't it? Whatever your list is, if you want to get rid of the list, you got to be filled with the stuff of Jesus. And the way you get filled with the stuff of Jesus is by spending more time with Jesus. Never met anybody in all of my life that said, yeah, spending too much time with Jesus, that rascal. (laughs) Just sucking the life out of me. Nothing back in return. Anxiety's off the chart. No, you never hear that because it's not true. The life that Jesus is calling to us is so simple. Stay connected to the vine. When we're connected to the vine, we get the sap of the vine. The sap of the vine produces fruit in our life. Stop looking at the fruit. Stop trying to be nice and kind and joyful when you don't feel that way. If you don't feel that way, spend more time with Jesus. It's simple, but it's not easy. Jesus says it takes work, but we're good at work, aren't we? And when we're good at our jobs. We work hard. We work and we work and we work and we work and we work in things that produce food and wealth and satisfaction in the world and the flesh. Jesus is saying, don't work on that. If you're going to make an effort, make an effort in this direction, but it will take an effort. You have to make the effort. If you don't make the effort, then you're not going to be connected to the vine. If you're not connected to the vine, you're going to be acting like a wolf even though you're a sheep. At the very end of this passage, we encourage you to read all of John 6, starting kind of in verse 23. It's an amazing story. I've been meditating, spending time with God on it the whole week. It's too much for me to teach the whole thing, to teach all of it, but I just want to give you some snippets, but this is what happens. At the end, um, he's trying to just persuade them to come and be connected to the vine again and again and again. And he says this. He says, uh, he goes on to say something. He says, yeah, 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 yeah. Not only am I the bread of life when you come to me, but you have to eat my flesh. You have to drink my blood. And it just kind of freaked him out, right? Now, I'm not gonna unpack that of all that means, but he, he doesn't pull back on his invitation. He, he raises the bar. He says, actually, this is gonna require a lot more of you than you think. In verse 60, it says, when many of the disciples heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take, uh, do you take offense at this? Then what, if, then what if you were to see the son of man ascending to where he was before? It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Not a little help, not a teeny help, zero help when it comes to finding life. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Jesus is wanting them to get this truth. He's wanting them to understand that life in the spirit, the life in the spirit that we've been invited into, the life in the spirit when we participate in eating, spending, communing with Jesus more and more and more is what leads to the life that we all want. It leads to the life that we would all give everything for. You hear that mom talk about lost opportunity, in college, lost opportunity for my son. And then her son experiences this life and she goes, it goes away. It doesn't matter. I was reminded, this is what real life is. This is what it's worth working for. This is where I wanna spend my time. Who cares what city I'm in or what job I'm in? God's gonna take care of me and provide for me and fill me with life and take care of my anxiety and worries. They gave over 100% tip. I'm a generous person. I've never done that. Ever. I know wolf and sheep's clothing are back vice versa. You know if I were to tell you this week, what if I could tell you if you participate in the fast, some at some point in the week, you're gonna experience the Holy Spirit like the disciples did on Pentecost. You're gonna experience a massive outpouring of the Spirit. Tongues of fires are gonna come rest on you. You're gonna begin to heal and prophesy in his name. You're gonna be filled with the power. You're gonna be filled with life so much, you're gonna have to force yourself to eat food. You're gonna have to force yourself to go to work. You're gonna have to force yourself to do some of the things that you love to do. What if I could promise that to you? How much time would you be willing to spend with Jesus to make it happen? An hour? Two hours? Three hours? I mean, what? You're probably thinking, I'd do anything for that, maybe. But that's the promise. That's the promise of Jesus Christ. If you come to me, you'll never thirst again. If you come to me, you'll never hunger again. And yet some of us remain satisfied with spending five minutes with Jesus every day and wonder why the life hasn't come. Some of us spend 15 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day of 24 hours in the day occupied with Jesus. while all the rest of our day is occupied with the flesh. And we wonder, why are I experiencing the outpouring of Jesus's love? It's because you're not feeding on Jesus enough. We're not spending enough time connected to the vine. We're not spending what's required. And it will take work. And it's hard, but it's simple. Time with Jesus leads to life to the full. That's his promise. Time with Jesus leads to never hungering and thirsting again for the things of the world. Time with Jesus leads to healing wholeness and restoration. God, again, desires for us to be free from all of these things in our life that create these burdens that we carry. All the freedom that he desires for us, it comes by doing one thing. and I said this last week, spending time with Jesus, intimacy with Jesus. And so the invitation this week, come to the cliff, Jump off and see what Jesus has to do. See how he shows up in your life. And if you're spending a meal with Jesus and you're not receiving the freedom and the life that you want, fast another meal. Fast all your meals. Or don't fast any of your meals, but increase the time that you're spending with God. The goal is to spend more time with Jesus. Take him at his word. That's the journey we're on as a church. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that next week when we do testimonies, we hear more and more testimonies about what God's doing. I said this last week, that we are on the edge of really feel like we're gonna experience an outpouring of his love and his power and his work in our church. But first, this truth we have to get because this is the source of all of his work, all of his power and all the love that he desires to pour out in us. a Let's stand.